Welcome to Peer Into Recovery, a podcast with a focus on the profession of peer support. For more information about how to subscribe, please visit our website at www.dprsn.org. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Peer Into Recovery podcast. I'm your host, Chris Newcomb. Today, we have a great guest, Elizabeth Sluter. She comes to us from Warsaw, Virginia, and she serves as the peer coordinator for the Warsaw Recovery Support Center at the Northern Neck Middle Peninsula Community Service Board. She has lots of school pride for two schools. She has a Bachelor's of Applied Science at East Tennessee State University in Speech and Leadership Communication, as well as a Master's of Education at George Washington University as an Education Transition Specialist. And she's doing the whoop, whoop, uh, raising of the palm to the air. Uh, I don't know exactly what that's called, but it's excitement. So if you want to join us at home, just raise them up. <laughs> Give it up for East Tennessee and George Washington University. Hey, Elizabeth, how are you doing today? I'm great. Good to see you. It's good to see you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks. So let's get to it. Tell us a little bit about your story of origin, where you came from, and uh, how you kind of got into peer recovery services. And tell us, let us get to know you a little better. All right. Thanks. Uh, first of all, um, thanks for inviting me again. And I think you have a really cool job. So, oh, thank you. Back when I was at East Tennessee State, I remember doing radio TV lab, and that was my easy A. Ah, <laughs> those of you listening who don't see the behind the scenes, it's kind of funny that. That uh, Elizabeth said that with the EZA because I just redid the intro about five times before we got to this point. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was back in the day when you did the little promos and queued things up. Oh yeah. Oh, it was kind of cool. It was only six. It was like six o'clock in the morning until nine. So, I uh, I remember just doing a lot of cool stuff like that. But I thought in the back of my mind, would I really like to do something like that? And then I thought about um, being a weather girl, of course. Um, <laughs> I just didn't know. Uh, it was in speech leadership communications. And that in itself, I was just curious. Okay, what am I going to do with this degree? And I was pretty much just kind of goal-oriented type person. Um, I liked sports a whole lot. I was a runner uh, four years for uh, East Tennessee State as a indoor, outdoor, and cross-country runner, all four years. Wow. So I'm out of breath hearing it. (laughs) (laughs) So I stayed in shape pretty well and traveled around with the team. And um, I don't even know how I did it, but all I was trying to do was just pretty much figure out what am I going to transition to anyway. My sobriety date is 2001. I got sober in Asheville, which is where I am right now in Asheville, North Carolina. I ended up having two beautiful children. They're grown now. But they all grew up knowing after I got sober uh, back in Asheville, I was trying to break the cycle pretty much. I just look at it as I've been one of the lucky ones knowing the statistics. And and so just being in sobriety alone, that just told me what I was, I was finally living up a little bit to my potential. And that was kind of cool because I got in a little bit late for teaching, started at 40. 
I was doing good to last in this day and age for 10 years. I'll be honest with you. It's kind of like I was glad I got out while I was ahead. Got the master's. I got 89% scholarship from George Washington University. I owed back five years of service. I actually lucked out helping people transition with mental health or substance use disorder. Pretty much fell into my lap because I was uh, going to a place called 84 Maine, uh, which is in Warsaw. And uh, now there is an 84 Maine East in Gloucester. We renamed 84 Maine in Warsaw, the Warsaw Recovery Support Center. We've had a recovery fest. This will be our fourth year. We would invite our representatives, our congressmen from uh, the Northern Neck would come. We have Commonwealth attorneys, people from other uh, recovery centers, they would like to come and talk, or people would just like to tell their story. I love to have horses for horse rides because I'm an equine specialist in mental health. Yeah, you know, we were talking in the beginning before we came on to record about uh, a special training that you have that's really cool is equine therapy. Tell us how that happened, how you got uh, you know connected with Mr. Ed. <laughs> well, believe it or not, it just started with early recovery when I was just trying to start over in my life and try to figure out what am I going to do? I, I did go back to work, but I was working for my father and I was pretty much just starting over again. And, you know, when you're stressed out, you, you're trying to figure things out a little bit. And I ran across a brochure through a friend that was in one of the um, rooms of AA. Um, and when I was in Asheville, North Carolina, and he showed me this brochure that his girlfriend had, and it was about equine therapy. So I went down and just wanted to discover a little bit more about that because all I kept thinking was, well, this sounds a little bit relaxing, you know, outside, uh, even scooping, being in a barn, scooping up <laughs> yeah, things like just seemed like it was just a little bit not too taxing to me. But on the brochure, it read, uh, you either have to be a counselor or a teacher. Well, I was neither one of those at the time. I did have a college degree. So that made me think, wow, I'd just like to just be a volunteer if I could just do that. But somewhere in my mind, I kept thinking, well, that would be kind of cool. Well, fast forward down, say like about uh, 15 years into recovery, I, I'm a coordinator of a resource center, which it was called 84 Maine at the time. And now it is called the Warsaw Recovery Support Center. And we were coming up with activities. And one of them, uh, one of the um, people in that was coming to the center was interested in horses. So I just thought, okay, let's do some research on that. So we went to a place called Dreamcatchers in Williamsburg, and they are PATH certified, which is P-A-T-H, Professional Association for Therapeutic Horsemanship. And I brought a group down there, and they had a workshop available for called Equine Specialists. So when I came from Asheville back up to this area, um, I also became a special educator 
teacher. So I became certified with the state as a licensed teacher. Then all of that experience equated to more um, areas that I could expand as far as being a qualified mental health professional, QMHP. So I thought, wow, you know what? I am a teacher and a mental health professional, but that isn't really even a requirement really anymore. So that was what was really interesting. So it started out as a grassroots thing for mainly counselors and teachers. And then I, it just the possibilities because I've been in recovery so long just opened up because I was just doing the next right thing and trying to get my life back on track. But just now working at the recovery center as a coordinator, I uh, took a group, took the workshop, and it was uh, a lot of people from all over the country. I was really surprised there was somebody from California and um, you have to go through a little obstacle course and everything. And granted, I'll, I'll tell you the honest to truth. I love horses, but I did not have my own horse. I did not grow up around horses. I was just athletic and, and uh, one of those teenagers that was used to being around them or who had friends that had horses. Like if I was in Texas, I would just get on the horse. It was no big deal. <laughs> so maybe that built up a little confidence. But other than that, no formal, formal training. So what was really neat about this work was that it's mainly groundwork. So even though I wouldn't mind being on a horse, but you're mainly focused on the horse. So I took the course, which was in a class. Then you have to do, there's a couple of uh, panelists from Florida that came up and they have all the experience and they observe you. And then it's like a pass fail type thing where you go halt to the horse and bring them out of the barn. They did not tell me that I had to halt to the horse. That means put the halter on the horse so that you can have the reins on. And I panicked a little bit. I thought I was just leading the horse. <laughs> and uh, so I spent the night in Williamsburg the night before, and I watched YouTube videos, believe it or not, and learned how to quickly ha halter a horse. And just sheer will, if you guys are, you all know, in recovery, when you set your mind on something, you mostly we can do it. And when I showed up that morning, I actually told the director at Dreamcatchers, you guys did not tell me that I had to halt to the horse. And she saw a teeny little rocking horse on the front of the porch, showed me very quickly how to do it. And I said, I watched the videos and everything. And then when it came time, for my turn to halt to the horse, I just changed automatically and walked into that barn and acted like I knew exactly what I was doing and actually halted the horse, flipped it over, glided on beautifully, looked both ways through the barn with the door, made sure everything was safe and went forward like I was really in charge. <laughs> And that is the beauty about equine therapy is that it builds your confidence that you cannot fool the horse. The horse already knows you have to leave that baggage behind. And that is one of the things. That, and even combining what I know as a special educator, I mean, I can write lesson plans. I can team up with the therapist. I can do all these things. But actually doing the groundwork is so satisfying. 
fine. And leading the horse into the arena, going through the obstacle courses, backing it up, turning it around, and I passed. I could, I could not, I passed. There were some people that did not pass and I felt so bad. But I'm just saying that um, I keep up a lot of my training through out throughout the area, but I volunteered for two years at Dreamcatchers and I did a lot of horse leading, sidewalking. Sidewalking is when the person, you are mainly focused on the person on the horse that has having the therapy and you're holding their their um their leg and their thigh and you're just making sure that they're safe you're walking along the horse on the side and the horse leader usually goes and gets the horse and the um the equipment everything that's needed for that particular horse so i got to learn a lot about all different kinds of horses and different saddles and equipment and um that was really good it's so organized that you couldn't mess up there now down the road i did learn how to um just go in a regular place where people weren't as organized and i think i learned just as good that way so it's good to mix it up when uh so that person who lives outside of warsaw or tappahannock she trains a lot of students from a local fiscal school, St. Margaret's, and they're, they're doing a lot of English writing, and but she has Western as well. I would just go there and volunteer a lot. And also, it's just like skiing or anything else or swimming. You can never have enough swimming or skiing lessons. You've got to keep it up. And so I would, I would want to to volunteer at fairs and at our recovery fests, as I mentioned before, we had uh, people that would get on the horses and ride, and that was a lot of fun. So just doing a lot of groundwork and being in that environment is beneficial uh, overall for people in recovery. And there's many different for better for veterans or um, for building self-confidence, all ages. So there's a lot of centers now that are having or needing um, equine specialists. But I am certified with uh, PATH, which is the Professional Association for Therapeutic Horsemanship. So I have to keep up the certification every year. You find that you had, um, that you got value for yourself with recovery being involved in that. Well, for me personally, that empowered me when I went through the training, building more self-confidence as I go on that, or just a dream I had just because I'm in recovery of all the, didn't think it would be possible. But then I learned throughout my recovery what all I've been doing with teaching and license, just the, all the little things along the way that, as they say, recovery is possible. All your little dreams are possible. So it doesn't mean I have to always think you've got to be an expert. Well, here I am learning from really the ground up and constantly learning. And also when we have our recovery fest, uh, September the 16th, it is, it will be available as far as being able to ride a horse or pet the horse or or just groom. Grooming it is very soothing. And um, 
it's also fun to show what to expect while these while they are doing these things and noticing uh, the energy between the horse and the peer and maybe teaching a little bit about what to notice or as equine specialist, what you would notice with the ears as they go back or the eyes. There's a lot to notice. The ears, um, if they're laid back a little bit, um, if they're pointed straight up, that's that's a little you know more of a caution. But there's something about the eyes that that you have to train your eyes to see. That would be more with the equine specialist if it's kind of concave with their eyes, if it's kind of bubbling, a bubbling look. Um, that they can that can be um, a little bit of a concern sometimes. Just to just to keep an eye out for subtle things, um, and just certain types of movements like that. Um, there, it's just so much to learn about it. And um, the more I'm also around others that have been around it their whole lives, the more you keep learning all the time. There's a lot of things that I constantly have to keep practicing all the time. Growing up, when I was on horses, I remember they had one horse, his name was Red, and he had kind of a reddish brown coat. And uh, he was very chill. I remember that. Horses are fascinating because they're, they're massive creatures. They're not small. They weigh a lot. Right. And it's good to have a healthy fear, but but just also being um, confident at the same time. That's just key right there. And just knowing the horse, getting to the, know the horse, their little quirks. And spending time at Dreamcatchers did help me a lot as far as spending time with the different ones or just think being on a schedule, but maybe it might be a different horse. I mean, there's some that have been huge when you have to get them ready and you're just trying to be confident, of course, and get in there and then lift up their leg and and clean out their hooves and and go to the back and just make all that your routine. Even if they're stubborn, you just hang in there <laughs> and do it again. And you have to let them know. <laughs> that you're not going to let something slide. So I'm thankful that just be able to maybe participate in other centers or just go other places or just volunteer at fairs or even at our recovery center because it is a lot of responsibility to own one. I mean, some people can go and lease one and maybe go and ride one all the time. I personally don't like to be out in the cold all the time and just all the responsibility year round. I'd really like to go more in the spring and fall. I mean, I've done it in the winter and I've done it in the summer when you're sweating to death and you, um, and then the cold when you're freezing. But I prefer the nicer, warmer climates or cooler climate when it's not too bad. And it will come. It will come. And you'll see what works and what doesn't work. And every horse is different too and just getting to know the horse and the relationship between your how you interact with the horse and maybe some of the little tricks too if they like a peppermint or a little little something to nibble at every now and then that helps too especially when you're going to retrieve them now letting them back out is another thing 
I would just like to say if someone is interested in that, then if I can do it, I know you can do it because if it's, we already have that in us in recovery, the can-do attitude once you are on that road, that path. So if there's something that really sparks you and interests you, just know that don't be afraid to try. And and then you just might be amazed and surprised that just because I didn't grow up around them a whole life or have one myself still doesn't mean I might even do that down the road. But even there's so many options out there that you can do, um, even working with veterans, if that's a specialty that you like. Thanks again for being here.